Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Holy Momentum in Joy, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 14th, 2020. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Yay, are we happy to be here? Do you have joy? Yay, because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you would grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you use in regards to a Bible app. Um, I love the, the paper copy. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I like to read a little bit. Um, I haven't been doing real well with my reading lately in regards to other books, uh, but I do like to fill the paper in my hand. I really can't do a, an app or, a, <clears throat> or a, a notebook or whatever they call it to, to read books, but I do love to hold God's Word in my hands and look at it, read it, uh, write in it, and uh, just uh, be a part of it. And so I want to encourage you to grab your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John. We're going to be in chapter 16, a little bit in 15, but mostly in 16 this morning. And uh, I'm excited to share with you uh, what Jesus has to say about some things in regards to how we find our joy, where we find it, and all that good stuff. In Galatians 5.22, you don't have to turn there, uh, but you can write that in your notes uh, it reminds us that we are to walk in step with God's Spirit. We are to, to walk with God in relationship. And this is how we bear the fruit of joy, by, by walking in step with God's Spirit. See, the Greek word for joy means an inner gladness, a deep pleasure that comes from an inner confidence that God does all things for His good purposes. See, biblical joy is not the same as the joy found in this world. The joy that we find in this world only gives us a temporary happiness. It's only a temporary joy. It really isn't lasting. It really isn't eternal. It doesn't give us this assurance that God's joy gives us. See, when there is biblical joy, there is a presence of God's Holy Spirit. See, and I, I think as Christians, sometimes we lose sight of the power of God's Spirit in our lives. We lose sight of the fact that God actually gave us his spirit as a comforter, as a guide, as someone who would help us in our lifetime, to help us to move through this life, to, to navigate through all the tough moments, to, to do the things that he's asked us to do as our, our heavenly father, and to encourage us in the moments when we feel discouraged. See, we need God's spirit in our lives. We need to be connected to God, and that's what God did. He gave us a spirit so that we might be connected with him. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we can't bear the fruit of joy without being connected to the vine, without walking in step with God's Spirit. And it's all because of who Jesus is, not who we are, but who Jesus is, that we can bear the fruit of God's Spirit, the whole aspect of who He is. Then Jesus goes on to say in verse 11 of John 15, He says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy, and I'd encourage you to circle that, my joy may be in you, circle that, and that your joy may be full. See, it's his joy in us. It's a biblical kind of joy. It's an eternal kind of joy. 
See, it's not the world's understanding what joy is. It isn't found in any sinful pleasures. It's not found in monetary pursuits. True joy only comes by walking in step with God's Spirit. I wonder, uh, have you guys ever heard uh, the Eeyore syndrome of the Eeyore syndrome? Have you ever heard of that one? Everybody knows who Eeyore is, right? Raise your hand. Right? Everybody knows who Eeyore is. Have you heard of the Eeyore syndrome? Well, I've got a dog that constantly gets the Eeyore syndrome. If you can picture this big kind of 85-pound uh, American bulldog, and uh, <clears throat> when we're hanging out with him, you know, he loves people. People come over, and uh, his name is Frankie, by the way, if you didn't know that. I guess I should refer to him by name. That way he doesn't get mad at me later, right, when he watches this. See, Frankie doesn't understand something. Is it Frankie thinks that, that he can have joy in every moment when every person comes over and he gets real hyper and he wants to jump on you and he wants to have fun with you. And he's just this loving, big, cuddly bear. And so what we've learned to do with Frankie is that we, we get what we call, it's just a walking harness. It's nothing fancy. It's just what you use to walk your dog with, right? And so we get this harness and we bring it out and immediately Frankie knows. He's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And he runs, he takes off, you know? So of course I corner him. I put the harness on, and immediately the Eeyore syndrome kicks in. You know, he's like, oh, all right, you know, life isn't worth living, you know. All right, I'll just go over here in the corner and just be by myself because nobody likes me. Yeah. Sometimes, because of the things that go on in the world around us, even us Christians get the Eeyore syndrome. You know, we talked about freedom in Christ in Galatians 5. We talked about how God gives us freedom for our sins, but sometimes that harness is our sin. That's, that's what holds us down and, and keeps us down. And that harness controls us and, and causes us to have that Eeyore syndrome. And we, we mope and, and, and we whine about our life. We, we complain and, and we just don't have any kind of real joy. And then, then all of a sudden we get something. So all of a sudden we get something good. You know, we get a new car or a new house or, or a new job. And we're so excited because we found our happiness. We've got everything that we want, right? And then in comes sin. And that sin creeps in just because we, we, we don't connect with the vine. See, we, we forget that, that we have to be connected to God so that we have that freedom in Christ Jesus. See, Jesus says that my joy may be in you. See, I tell you these things so that you would stay connected with me because you are the branches and I am the vine. And when you connect with me and when you walk in step with me, you can experience the fullness of joy. And so that's my hope this morning. As we think about this momentum that God has given us, as we think about how we can bear the fruit of God's Spirit, is that you and I would come to a greater understanding of what the Bible teaches us about true joy and how we can have that, where we find that, and who helps us to have that true joy. I always wonder why it is that it seems that there are so many people that that just lack joy in their lives. I mean, go to Walmart, go to, to Target, go wherever you go to shop, and just kind of pay attention to people around you. I know it's hard with masks now, but pay attention to, to, to people, and you don't see a whole lot of joy. You see, see a lot of people that just are lacking that true joy. 
You know, some, some have said that, that as a Christian, we shouldn't smile all the time. And I, I think you're right. We're not supposed to smile all the time. But I think we should smile most of the time. I think we should smile, especially because we are connected to the vine. And that's what brings us that true joy. That's what allows us to smile and have joy, even in the toughest of circumstances, even in the hardest of moments. It's being connected to the vine. It's knowing who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Well, in our passage this morning, John, he offers us some insight to how the Spirit produces joy. Here in our passage that Jesus tells us who we need to experience this biblical, true, wonderful, amazing joy that God has for us. So before we read, let's pray. Let's come before our Father. Father, we come before you together as one. Lord, we bow our hearts and we bow our, ourselves to you. We come humbly into your presence and we give you thanks. We give you thanks for all that you are in our lives. Father, we give you thanks for the gather together every week and throughout the week to worship you, to talk about you, to, to share with you these intimate moments. Father, we thank you for your words that you've given us through your holy scriptures. And Father, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. We invite you into this place. Father, we are here to meet with you, to get to know you, to understand you, to understand what you have for us. So this morning, we would ask that you would guide us through the power of your spirit, that you would live in us and live through us. Help us to gain insight. Help us to understand this joy that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Well, we're going to be in John chapter 16. And if you would, I'd like to read um, part of 4 um, and then 5 through 15. So uh, halfway through verse 4, you'll see he says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. And then in verse 5, he says, But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin. Because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will, speak on his own, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. See, there it is. The Holy Spirit is who we need to have biblical joy. It's through the power of the one that was sent to empower us in faith. But before we get into this passage, before we take a moment here, I'd like to just kind of take a sidebar. 
Because I, I think it'd be helpful for us to answer the question, to have a, a, a greater understanding, well, well, how do I get God's spirit? Because I think there's a lot of confusion in the church in regards to the, to the spirit of God. Sometimes there's even a little bit of fear because of what's been portrayed in regards to God's spirit. So first and foremost, I want to tell you that, that I cannot give you God's spirit. I cannot do that. I do not have power over God's spirit to give it and to pass it out and to hand it to you. Because remember, we're, we're not talking about an it. We're not talking about something that is, is, is in our control. See, we are talking about God himself. It's him. See, God gives us his spirit. And it's only through him that do we receive it. See, what transpires in the life of a believer is that, that we come to a place where we realize that we are sinful, we are broken, and we are hurting, and we need a redeemer. And in those moments, God ordains uh, these, these moments for us to come to him in faith. And in those moments that we do, God gives us, he fills us with his spirit. So we acknowledge Jesus as our savior and we turn our hearts and our lives towards walking in step with God's spirit. But I want to make it very clear, I cannot give you God's spirit. You must receive it. You must ask for God's spirit. You must do what the Bible says in regards to receiving his spirit. See, no one can give it to you. So the question is this morning, are you ready to experience God's spirit? Are you ready to experience the joy that comes through being in relationship with God? See, because the first thing that we see in our passage here is the gift of his spirit is the fruit of joy. If you look again with me in verses 6 and 7, he says, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now, just to put that into context a little bit, if you read the verses, or excuse me, the, the chapters prior to, Jesus is talking a lot about his death, his burial, his resurrection, how he's going to go away, he's going to be destroyed. All of these, these, these things are, are transpiring. And so, so he sees that the hearts of the people around him are sorrowful because they're hearing all of these things and they're thinking, hey, this is our king. This guy is going to take over. He's going to bring us all of this freedom, all of these things. Yet he says he's going away. And he says he has to leave us. He's going to die. Then in verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, this is a reminder that you and I aren't alone in this world. Yeah, Jesus may not be right here in our presence, but yes, Jesus is here in our presence because we know he is one with God and the Spirit. We know that he has sent a helper to comfort us and to be with us in every moment, in every storm, in every season of life whether it be an illness or a heartbreak or a relationship issue, whatever it is, we have God's spirit. And it's the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 makes it very clear. 
It says, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And listen to this part. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, at the moment you surrender your life to Jesus, you become God's property. You become a child of God. You become his dwelling place. See, God wants to live in you. And he also wants to live through you. But he can't live through you unless you receive him, unless you allow him to live in you. See, God loves you so much that he wants to be a part of every moment of your life. And it's the power of God's spirit that produces joy in a believer's life. If we're not connected to the vine, we'll never experience this true biblical joy that the Bible talks about. We'll never be rejoiceful in every moment. We'll never do the things that that God has asked us to because we're not walking in step with the spirit. We're walking apart from the spirit. And another term for that is that we're walking in the flesh. We're walking in our, in our brokenness, in our humanity, in our sin. And we know what fruit that bears. Because in Galatians 5, he talks about what the fruit of the flesh bears. And they're not very pretty things. They're not tasteful things. They're not good things. They might produce happiness, but they'll never produce joy. They might produce moments of of excitement, but they'll never produce produce pure, loving, honest joy that God created for us. And again, I have to remind you, I can't give it to you. You just have to receive it. You have to repent and be baptized and receive this free gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you this morning, Have you repented? Have you been baptized? Have you received this gift of the Holy Spirit in your life? Because God is waiting for you. He's asking. He's knocking. He's saying, I am here. I am with you. I love you. And I want to be a part of every moment in your life. And if you do this, then God will change your life. We see here in verses 8 and 9 that change produces the fruit of joy. He says, and, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. See, he's given us the, the opposite of this. See, and I believe, and it's just my opinion, that the world doesn't want to believe in Jesus because they don't want to turn from their sin. I don't want to repent. You know, there's been many people in my life that, that have said, you know, I don't believe in God. And, and as I kind of have a conversation with them and I, and I talk to them about it a little bit, I don't push real hard. I don't like, you need to do this or you need to do that. I just kind of try and, and be a friend to them and listen to them and, and kind of come understand where they're coming from, you know. And, uh, but many people will come to me and they'll say, you know what, I don't, I don't believe in God. I, I just really don't believe that we could even believe in a God, that there really could be a God. But as, as, as I listen to them talk, as I kind of hear what they're saying, I, I've come to a place where I believe that it's not because they truly don't believe that there's a God. 
I, I think that it's more because they don't want to turn from the things that they think they'd have to turn away from because there is a God. And I think in, in our humanity, we can all say that we're all a little bit guilty of that ourselves. I think at, at times in our lives, we, when we read God's word and we go through God's scripture and we find a spot in there where it says to do something very specific, we're like, whoop, jump over that. <laughs> wow, I'll just keep on reading where it says God loves me. You know? <laughs> I'll just skip that passage. You know, let's jump back to the Old Testament. Oh, never mind. Let's get back to the New Testament. <laughs> My mistake, you know. Wait, Leviticus what? <laughs> yeah. But I think that's our hindrance is our sin. That's our hindrance is that we, we don't want to be obedient. Remember, Jesus tells us that if we love them, if we love him, that we'll obey his commands, right? The Bible tells us if we if we know what is right and we don't do it, then it is sin in our lives. See, I believe that sometimes we don't want to do what we want to do or need to do, excuse me, because we want to do what we want to do. See, they might be content in their sin. They might find happiness in their sin, but they'll never find joy. The world will never find joy. And that's what he's telling us here, that change produces the fruit of joy. Colossians, excuse me, Colossians. That was a good little mix there of the two books. Pretty good, huh? Colossians, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being, listen to this, being renewed in knowledge, changed after the image of its creator. You and I are image bearers. God created us to do that. God gave us his fruit. God gave us his character. God wants us to be holy like he is holy. And it all begins in this new life that we move towards. And it's so much better than the old life. See, but sometimes we don't think it is. Sometimes we feel like if we do what is right, then I won't be able to enjoy what is wrong. But I really want to do what is right, but then I want to do what is wrong. And the flesh and the spirit, they come against each other. And it's a struggle, it's a tension. And I, I think we all have that in, in different levels, in different degrees. You know, one thing that we can say is that we all, we all have sin, but your sin isn't my sin and my sin isn't your sin, but it doesn't make your sin any better than my sin or my sin any worse than your sin. It's just sin. Right, But we have an understanding here that, that we've put off the old self. We've, we've walked away from the old life and its practices. And now we've entered into this new life, this relationship, and we're, we're walking in step with God's Spirit. We're, we're bearing the fruit of His Spirit. We're living this new life as God has created us to live, as image bearers of the Creator. I have to tell you, when I was younger, I was a bad kid. I did a lot of bad things. There's a lot of things that I regret. But as I think back of um, my old life to my new life, I tell you what, I will never go back to my old life. I will never go back to my old life. And let me tell you why. Because my life with Jesus Christ is so much better. 
I know that may not express it real well, but it is just so much better. I don't live in guilt. I don't live in, in, in remorse. I don't live with this, this weight of sin on my shoulders that I feel like I have to carry because I've created all of these tough moments in my life. See, this new life in Christ, I truly do feel free. I don't, I don't feel the guilt and the shame. I don't know if you guys have ever felt guilty about something, but it's no fun. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, God's Spirit convicts me so, so well that, that my heart hurts, that I kind of ache inside, and, and, and there's this tension and this stress that just elevates in my, in my mind, and it re- really honestly creates this, this anxiety inside of me because I'm constantly worried about what I did and why I did it. I'm thinking, you big dummy, why did you do that? That's the old life, and we don't have to go back to that. We just have to let God change us into the people that he wants us to be, and that change produces this joy that God desires for us, the fruit of God's spirit, this picture of joy. See, it's God's spirit guiding us through God's word that I believe changes us. The Bible tells us, right, that God's word pierces the heart like a two-edged sword. And I love that it says that because God's word also tells us that that the heart is the, the most deceitful thing that we have. But God's word pierces it, cuts through bone and marrow. It's powerful. It changes us. It it causes us to become something different, something better. It helps us to be image bearers. And all of this comes because insight and understanding produces the fruit of joy. See, the more we have an understanding of God's word, the more joy we find in God's word. If you look again at our passage in verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to who? To you. To me. To all of his children. He will give us a greater understanding. He will give us insight to what's transpiring. So you and I, we we know how the story ends, don't we? And what's the worst that can happen to us? We can die. (laughs) But you know what? For these, didn't you know that? What's that? Yeah, it could be. For, for you that didn't know that, we're all going to die, regardless. You know, the, the mortality rate is 100%. <laughs> Easy math. But for you and I, because we have the insight, because we have the understanding, we know that this life isn't all that there is. We know that we have a heaven awaiting for us. We know that Jesus went away to prepare a mansion for you and I. We're going to be roommates. See, if that doesn't cause you to have joy, I don't know what won't. <laughs> All of eternity with Pastor Floyd, woohoo! Hot dog. Can't wait to get there, right? 
You think one hour on Sunday was rough, right? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm fun to be around. We have an eternity to look forward to. See, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to stress. All we got to do is trust and understand that God's word produces the fruit of joy. It gives us an, some insight to what's transpiring. He tells us, and even Jesus says, I tell you all these things, not so that you'd be sad, but so that you would have an understanding, so that you would know, so that you would trust and that you would believe and that you would stay connected to the vine. So I want to give you the fullness of joy. I want to give you a biblical joy, a true joy. He says, I've, I've created this momentum for you, and I'm going to do some great things in your life. Then he goes on to say in our passage in verses 14 and 15, he says, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So what is Jesus's? What, what is he declaring to us? I want you to flip back to chapter 15. Look at verse 11 again. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy, God's joy, may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, God is declaring his joy in us and through us. We have the vine. We are the branches. And we can bear the fruit of joy. But this joy, this joy comes from being connected to God. So I want to ask you this morning, are you connected to him? Have you taken that step? See, God promises us that he loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. See, Jesus didn't come to condemn us, but he came to save us. But it's up to you and I to connect. It's up to you and I to, to, to receive the power of God's Spirit. Are you ready to walk in step with God's Spirit? Well, let's bow before Him and offer ourselves this morning. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You so much for Your love and for Your grace. Thank You for, for giving us so much. Father, thank You for the gift of Your Spirit. Father, not only do we have you to comfort us. Not only do we have you to, to guide us, Father, but we have you to help us bear the fruit of being in a personal, intimate relationship with you. We have you to, to, to be something different in the world. We have you so that we can go out into the world and, and share this hope that we have. So that we can, we can walk in our community and, and with our heads held high and our our, our, our smiles and, and this wonderful joy that you give us no matter what's going on in the world around us. Father, and it just takes us realizing that, that you have given us this gift through the power of your Holy Spirit. And it's up to us to walk in step with you, to walk right next to you, walk with you, 
to stay connected to you, to discover what your word has to say and what you're teaching us and showing us, all the things that you have for us, and to just simply trust and believe. Father, this morning we come before you with hearts that want to trust you more, with hearts that that want to draw nearer to you this morning. And I pray, Father, that each and every one of us would personally just, just take that step, that each and every one of us would just move closer to you, Father. And we would do whatever it takes, whether that it means that we, we come and we, we participate in a Sunday gathering, whether it means that we, we begin to open up your word and, and just to read it, to discover what's in it. Father, if it just simply means that we take a moment right now to surrender to you, to repent be baptized and to receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, we come before you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.